This is episode number 189 with data science mentor, Randy Lau. Welcome to the Super Data Science Podcast. My name is Kirill Eremenko, data science coach and lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you inspiring people and ideas to help you build your successful career in data science. Thanks for being here today. And now let's make the complex simple. Welcome back to the Super Data Science Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Super excited to have you on board. I've got such an exciting episode coming up. You won't believe it. So on this podcast, I have the legendary Randy Lau joining us for the call. So you are probably already familiar with Randy. If you're not, I'll get you up to speed very quickly. Randy is a data science legend because he is a person who went from zero on LinkedIn from just starting out to 45,000 followers and several data science jobs in just a year. How crazy is that? That that is a breathtaking ride and that is something that we talked about in this podcast. Randy disclosed all of his secrets on how he built such an amazing portfolio, such an amazing reputation online and how he's helped thousands and thousands of people. So specifically in this podcast, we covered off the following topics. We talked about the whole process of getting a job in data science. So starting off with preparing your LinkedIn, your resume, your portfolio, helping people through sharing how you're learning data science and then moving on to actually getting those job offers. We talked about three different ways to get a job in data science, how to get job opportunities through networking, tips for your LinkedIn, how the data science interview goes, the three steps involved in that, and tips for your interview process. On top of that, we also discussed other topics that Randy is very passionate about, such as the end goal of data science, what's the whole purpose of data science, the what, how, and why of data science, uh, speaking at data science events and meetups, and many, many more. So all in all, this podcast is full of uh, exciting topics and a lot of energy. When you listen to Randy, you'll hear how passionate he is about data science and all that energy that comes with that passion. So I wish for everybody to emulate Randy in one way or another in their own careers and really help lots and lots of other fellow data scientists. And this podcast is a great way to get started on that journey. So without further ado, I bring to you Randy Lau, a data science mentor. Welcome to the Super Data Science Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Today, I've got a very special and exciting guest on the show, Randy Lau. Randy, how are you going today? Welcome to the show. I'm doing great, Kirill. Thanks so much. And again, thanks to everybody who's watching this podcast. Really appreciate it. Thank you. That's, that's so great to get you on the show. Like I've uh, seen a few things that you're sharing and giving back to the community and uh, just super excited, man. You, you're a very inspirational guy. So I'm looking forward to what we can chat about today. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, awesome. Well, um, let's start off with where are you right now? Because 
we we chatted about this just before the show, but for our listen for our listeners, where are you located today? I'm at Los Angeles right now, Is California. That your home base? Yeah. Well, I actually live in a city called Cerritos. Cerritos. Which is not too far from LA, but LA is my hometown. Okay, gotcha. Um, and it's, it was interesting for me to like uh, realize that because uh, I'm in San Diego right now, and so we're just talking to each yeah, other. Yeah, we're, we're like right next to each other. Yeah, we're like 200. Was it 200 kilometers away from each other? <laughs> it doesn't doesn't happen often that way. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so um, Randy, tell us a bit about yourself. Like, if uh, somebody off the street were to ask you, Randy, what do you do? a job what would you reply i okay so i would say i'm more of a data science educator if that makes sense mm -hmm. so i have two jobs i work as a um, data analytics teaching assistant at usc mm -hmm. and my other job is a machine learning assistant at data application lab mm -hmm. okay. so in total i have a great background in the education space mm -hmm. so um more of a data science educator, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, okay, gotcha. And so um, working two jobs, one in data science teaching, one in machine learning teaching, how does that, how does that um, affect your, your time? I'm, I'm assuming you'd be super busy with both those. <laughs> yes, but again, I think it's really rewarding. Mm -hmm. For myself, I have to push the limits. Um, I don't wanna be in a state where um, I, I don't, I have a lot of free time. I don't, I don't like that. I like being very busy being productive. Mm -hmm. And I also get most of my energy with talking to people. Mm -hmm. So that's something I found out during the job. When I'm, when I'm with people, I get more energy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you like kind of like, um, extroverted personality, you'd say. Uh, no, I'm actually introverted. Oh, interesting. <laughs> very yeah. interesting. So how, how did you get energy then by speaking with people? Um, okay, I got out of my comfort zone, mm. and this goes back to a few, um, I think two years ago. So after college, I wasn't the type of person that was very active. Mm. I didn't join any clubs. I didn't really reach out to people until um, when I took a data science boot camp called Springboard. Mm, I've heard of them. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. a really nice boot camp, and I just graduated from there two months ago. Mm -hmm. um, one of the criteria was attend a meetup and write something about it. Mm -hmm. So at that point, I never attended a meetup. I was nervous. I'm not the guy that likes to talk. And from that point on, I realized how cool the community was with data science and machine learning. I didn't know there was people that with the same mindset, the mm -hmm. same interest, all, all together collaborating in one room. Mm -hmm. So that exposure just opened up my eyes a lot. And... Um, another task was create a LinkedIn profile mm -hmm. and this opened up so many doors, so many opportunities that I never imagined. So this is back to the audience. If you were to, if I were to give you one advice to kickstart your career in any field you want, whether that's data science, machine learning, healthcare, education, my best advice is learn how to network. Mm -hmm network, communicate, and build relationships with people because it's those random opportunities that comes down your way that can change your life. And it's, you just need one of that. Wow, that's, that's great advice. And this is, so you're saying that, how long ago was that meetup that you attended or that uh, when you created your LinkedIn profile? Um, everything happened very sudden. So that meetup happened last year mm -hmm. and my LinkedIn happened last year as well. So, and 
so from last year, I'm just looking at your LinkedIn profile. This is for our listeners. Last year, you created your LinkedIn profile. Now you have 45,000 followers. 45,000. Yeah, yes, that's correct. That's probably like the, the most or the second most followers I've ever seen on LinkedIn. How, oh, really? Yeah. What? Okay. How, how did that happen? Like, tell us, this is, you obviously know some magic tricks for networking. <laughs> um, yeah. So I did not expect that to happen. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm a very active member on, link, on the LinkedIn community especially with the data science and machine learning community. And from that year on, I learned so much in regards to not only networking, I learned a lot about uh, building relationships and providing value to the community. Mm-hmm. So my, my saying goes, you have to give back to get back. Mm-hmm. You have to give more to get back more. Mm-hmm. And when I first started LinkedIn, I, I realized that everyone has a different learning pathway. Mm-hmm. And for me, my best way of learning is to reiterate and write an article or write a post. Mm-hmm. So that's my way of learning. And I use LinkedIn as a platform to ask a lot of questions and also post relevant things and relevant concepts of what I'm learning, whether it's that's data science or machine learning. And along the way, I posted a lot of free resources that I found online and mm-hmm. people loved it. So um, I provided consistent value to the community of what I'm learning. So as I'm posting these things, I'm telling everybody what I'm learning throughout my data journey. That's Mm -hmm. what I'm learning. And again, um, it's been a year, met a lot of cool people. And along the way, there was more publicity. I met some influencers on on the LinkedIn community, got a chance to meet up with them, got a chance to talk with them, got a chance to meet you. (laughs) (laughs) So um, that's just back to the networking aspect of, yeah. and, of and, building your career. And funnily enough, like I, I came to you myself. I came to you first, right? Like I was like, "Whoa, who's yeah. this Randy guy? He's he's yeah, like, doing that, so that, much." That was a shock. I was really surprised. <laughs> no man, like I I'm really I'm really surprised that you only started a year ago. Like it feels like you've given so much value that you've been doing this for you know two, three, four years. Yeah, I get that a lot. I'm surprised myself, but yeah. it's it's been a blast. I'm yeah. having fun posting a lot of stuff every day. Yeah, that's just cool. So tell us, how, how long does it take to uh, write one of these articles? I'm looking at A Beginner's Guide to Machine Learning that you published uh, recently. So yeah. for instance, how long did that article take you? Okay, um, for me, it takes at, at least three weeks. Three weeks, wow. So one week to actually get the structure laid out. Mm-hmm. The second week would be to um, research. So I would research each topic, get it nailed down in my head. And then I'll spend the next third week, I would do some rough drafts. Mm-hmm. And then I would finalize it within maybe the last two days. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna I was gonna. I was expecting you to say, "Oh, it doesn't take long, like two days." And I was going to <laughs> say to all this I as well. I don't you know, have that much time, so yeah. I, have to, I have to split it up to, for three weeks. Yeah, no, but I, I guess that's that's what it takes, right? Like you, you want to give value to the community. You, you need to invest the time. And like, for instance, like I don't really write articles that much because for me as well, it takes a very long time. Like the recent yeah. article I wrote on blockchain on Medium that took me about three weeks or so as well. But even oh, like recording a video, for instance, which yeah. which as well, it like looks like it's fast, right? It looks like oh, it's you know, it's a five minute video. Actually, the amount of research that goes into that is is immense. Yes, I totally agree. Totally agree. Mm. 
Yeah, but it's worth it in the end, right? Like you, as you yeah. say, you're having fun, you're meeting people, you're growing your career and, and you're seeing others grow around you as well. Yeah, and I would like to add on what you just said right now. Um, so again, to the viewers and to the audience out there, another great thing that you can do, not only for yourself, but for the community as well, is again, to give back. Whether you're giving back free resources, you're giving back your relevant thoughts, your um, any videos or podcasts, all of these things are unique to you. You have a story to tell that's only from yourself, from your mind, and that story, you don't know what's going to impact someone else. Mm-hmm. That's what I always say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You can't calculate in advance what, what effect you're going to have on others. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. The, the least you can do is share, I guess. And I, I, I like your approach. Like you learn. It's not like you're an expert in something and you're just like teaching that. You like you're learning as you're going yourself. Like I, I love that. I think that's that's personally I find that's even better to share it that way than if you're an expert. And like no, no offense to the experts out there, but I just think that when you're learning yourself and you're sharing right away, you've just gone through that journey of um of acquiring this knowledge you know what the difficulties are you know what the pitfalls are that others are going to have and you, you can yeah. help them avoid those pitfalls because you've literally just done that journey yourself like two days ago yeah no exactly and i just made a post today too about the value of teaching mm. because i think teaching is again everybody has their own way of learning whether that's reading a book watching a video audios or actually writing for me I retain my information from teaching. Mm-hmm. And there, there was a quote saying, when one teaches, two learn. <laughs> so, yeah, so one. I love that quote. And I really, I really, um, that's, 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 stick, that's stuck with me because I believe that when you're teaching, which is, wh- whoever your audience is, it could be one, 10, 100, 1,000, as long as you're making that impact and you're teaching somebody to learn, not only are you re- reiterating that concept for yourself, meaning you're relearning that material, you're also helping others at the same time. Yeah, totally gotcha and totally agree with you on that point. All right, well, let's rewind a little bit because you, know, like you had a massive jump in terms of your networking and um, career in the past year. And I think it's a great testament for those listening out there that it is possible because sometimes people look at um, successful people on LinkedIn or other platforms and think that it takes years and it's it's virtually impossible to get it, but it is possible. But now yeah. let's rewind back a little bit and uh, tell us a bit how you got into this field in the first place. Like why machine learning? Why data science? Okay. Yeah. So this is from last year and I graduated with a computer science degree okay. and a bachelor's. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I didn't have any mentality or any future goals in working with data at all until I started hearing all these buzzwords. So, you know, the typical machine learning, big data, AI, data science. Um, I started reading all of it and it caught to my interest. Like, yeah, this is actually the future. And there was a quote from Mark Cuban that I read recently. He said, if you aren't familiar with the term machine learning for in the next three or few years, you're going to be a dinosaur. So, yeah. so that caught my attention and it's just, I guess, just the fear of missing out of like a open opportunity in data caught my interest. So I got introduced to data science from Springboard 
And from that point on, I just got obsessed with it and kept on learning and growing. And I'm still learning along the way till this day. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's really cool. And I know another quote from Mark Cuban that caught my attention. I, I didn't hear about that one, but the, the one I've read before is uh, the world's first trillionaire will be an AI entrepreneur. <laughs> I think I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. How cool is that? That's crazy. Yeah. Maybe it'll be you, Randy. <laughs> we're gonna create the next ai who knows yeah yeah gotcha okay so you um, weren't planning on getting into data you heard a quote uh, you took the springboard course and you got hooked and you decided to uh keep pursuing this area and, and then what happened like um you because right now you're involved in two teaching uh positions and one actually where you're doing data science work uh, yeah, if, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, how how did you get into those? Like, uh, you know, for for people, it might seem that it's quite yeah quite hard to find jobs in data science and machine learning. Yeah, I got it. So again, this is for all these new people out there. Um, last year, I I didn't have a connection. I started off with zero LinkedIn followers, and I'm gonna give you my biggest tips in regards to getting a job and getting yourself out there, starting from scratch. So for me, I had, um, what people like is the, the consistency of value. Mm -hmm. Whenever you're giving back any sort of value, whether that's resources, advice, tips, articles, videos, you're providing some sort of knowledge from yourself to somebody else. And if that value is of quality, you're going to build a following. You're going to build relationships that love your work. And that's what I did with LinkedIn. I used that platform not to just connect with people, but to share my journey with them. And this is what I really want to emphasize to everybody out there. You have to learn how to network because in the end, you're going to, you're going to be talking with people. This is a people world. You're not going to be here by yourself. And the best way to do that is to connect build relationships, and get yourself out there. You have so many social media platforms. You have Facebook, Facebook groups. You have Slack channels. You have LinkedIn. All of these people and groups that have the same like-minded interests as yourself, whether that's data science, machine learning, AI, use that. Use that, use that platform to connect with them, learn from them, and also teach them. So that's what I did for the past year. Um, I contrib contribu contributed a lot of my resources. I talked to a lot of people. And by doing so, you're going to get these random opportunities coming to you. People are going to recognize you that, hey, this guy is really interested in data science. Let's talk to him. And once you talk to new people, you get new opportunities. And um, these past two jobs that I'm in right now are all based off of networking. So I didn't, I didn't apply to any of these jobs. These were jobs that um, came to me through um, open opportunities from networking. Well, fantastic, fantastic. That's uh, great advice. And uh, I'm, I'm really hopeful that people will take it to heart and use your case as a live example of that everything's possible. And um, do you have any tips on... Um, you know, like apart from sharing on LinkedIn, which is very important, I guess uh, creating your profile and structuring your profile and 
um, you know, the information you put out there about yourself is also quite important. Is any tips on that? Yeah. So right now, like if you're in a job search, there's two ways or there's three ways to get a job. Mm -hmm. One is to turn in your resume, old, the old traditional, old, old style, turn in your resume. Um, two is from a third party connection. It might be like a, um, like you have a friend that works in a company and he hits you up. That's the second way. So third way is um, the internet, your online presence, your virtual self. And this is where your online resume plays. This is where your LinkedIn profile is into effect. This is where your Facebook profile is into effect. Your, your internet presence, virtual presence. And if you can utilize these three platforms and know how to optimize it, you're going to have a higher chance in landing a job. So in the sense, or in the case of optimizing your LinkedIn platform, right now it's very hot. There's a lot of recruiters actively looking on LinkedIn to recruit people. So my best advice is, one is get a good photo. It could be a good headshot, but nothing too flashy. Because again, if you think about it, um, a good headshot or a good photo represents yourself, and it's all about first impressions. So when a recruiter comes up to your profile and they don't see something that they like, that's something on their self because again, it's first impression. But other than that, you're gonna have you're gonna have to create your job description, your personal profile to sell yourself. So don't write content about okay, um, this is what I do, um, this is who I am. You should tailor it in regards to how you can contribute your core values and assist the company. So um, this is kind of vague, but my best advice is your online presence is a way for you to sell yourself and let other companies know that you have the potential skills that they need. Yep, okay, yep. makes total sense. and. I like that uh, approach of uh, tailor your LinkedIn to not not just talk about like what this is who I am and what I do, but actually think of the job that you want and think mm -hmm. of how you can add value to that job and describe yourself from that perspective, right? So imagine yeah, that, exactly. imagine if you were already in that job, right? Like how would you be adding value? What's your what's your dream situation? And if you mm -hmm. approach it from that perspective, then people who are looking to fill your dream job when they read your profile, they'll see that it matches. They won't have to, you know, you're kind of like uh, making it easier for them. You, they don't have to look at what, what you currently do and, uh, and, then, and then derive from that how you're going to help, be helpful in the role that you want. You've already done that step for them. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and finally, if somebody does get contacted on LinkedIn, right, so they have a profile, they've got... Um, uh, they're adding value to the community and they finally get contacted by a recruiter and they're interested in the position. Do you have any tips for the actual interview process? Yeah. So normally the interview process might take up to three steps. And your first one is normally an interview with HR. So this is very typical behavioral style. Your goal here is to win them, know who that HR person is, get on their good side, and do your research, do your homework on the company and job you're applying for. 
So again, the HR is here to just get a quick overview on who you are. So when you have that interview, you got to prepare yourself, not only um, mentally, but emotionally. You have to show your passion. Like um, if someone's talking on the phone and you're very monotone, like, oh, hi, thank you for having me. But in contrast to, oh, hey, thank you so much for having me. That is a difference from night and day, and that makes the HR person know, wow, this guy is really excited for the position, and I really want to put him to the next step. So in regards to that, show passion. Do your homework on the company. Look up some problems or any current or past projects that they worked on, so you can talk about that during that interview. And another tip would be to uh, smile during the talk. Just be happy, be in the moment, and... If you showcase all of this, you're going to be more than qualified to the next round. And I would add to that, even if, uh, even if it's a phone interview and you smile, people will feel your smile. Like yeah, you, you know? definitely. Like, I'm you, smiling right now. Yeah, exactly. I, I just also wanted to add, uh, this, this reminded me of a story I haven't thought of in ages. When, when, I, got, um, when I was applying for Deloitte for my uh, job there in consulting, um, actually, I applied for accounting, and when they called me, this exact situation, they called me from the <laughs> HR department, and they were like, uh, this first screening round, and the thing is, they called me, and they were like, hey, Kirill, you know, you went through to, you go, you went through to the screening round, just wanted to catch up and find out a bit about you, I was like, oh, that's so cool, yeah, and then they're like, so your application is, uh, is going to the next round in the forensics division. And I was like, at the point in time, I only heard the word forensics, like from CSI, you know, shows like that. So I was like, what? And I, because of my surprise and my voice and like genuine, like that took me so much by shock that I didn't uh -huh. even have time to be nervous. I was like, all right, I got to, I got to Google this forensic thing while I'm on the phone. And she, like, I think she could totally hear my excitement just because of uh -huh. that. So, yeah. That's uh, oh, that's a cool story. That's yeah. a cool story. Yeah. If anybody's ever nervous, just remember that story how Kirill didn't know what forensics is. Yeah, I'm gonna keep that in my notes. That's a great story. <laughs> All right, okay. So, uh, assuming we've passed that uh, first round, and we have, right? Like, we're yeah, we're a data scientist, we're adding value on LinkedIn, everything's great. We've passed the screening. What, what comes next? All right, so again, the first round is going to be behavioral, that's just to give you a high level overview on what type of person you are, and if you can be a good fit for the company. Once you get past that, um, depending on how big the company is, you might get moved on to maybe two or three more process. But normally the next step is a process of something called the technical interview. So this is where, depending on the role you're applying for, I'm assuming data science or machine learning, these technical interviews can consist of a lot of questions about um, either algorithms, uh, programming, and for sure, SQL pro programming questions. And also uh, business use case questions. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if I were to give you a structured layout on what to expect on a technical interview, I would say focus on learning SQL, learning how to query, maybe do some complex queries. Um, a good resource for that would be SQL Zoo, if you look it up on Google. Um, practice some statistics and probability questions, practice learning how to code, whether that's Python or R, they typically ask you coding questions 
normally around an easy to medium level on a website called LeetCode. So LeetCode.com. And another final step could be questions in regards to uh, business use case questions. So one example that I got was the recruiter asked me, okay, let's say you're a data scientist from Tesla and your boss comes up to you and says, hey, Randy, we have a job for you. We just deployed our new Model Z. And right now, our biggest concern is understanding user sentiment. Um, given a month, can you give me a report on how you can go about doing so? That's it. It's very open-ended. And what these questions do, they test your knowledge on how you can approach a particular problem, how you can ask questions to get more information, and utilize everything you learn from the data science pipeline to um, complete the goal. So that's that's my tip on that. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, that's a that's a very good uh, overview of all the questions that possibly can come up, um, or like it's pre pretty accurate. And it's interesting that you mentioned SQL because indeed, like people tend to focus on Python or R, and that's that's fair enough. But one of the main things that you're gonna like a lot of these companies will question on is SQL and that's because I'm assuming that's because we're kind of data science I would say data science started in in, in that area because you need mm -hmm. to be able to access the data in order to query it and a lot of uh, enterprises actually store the data in a form of SQL whether it's Oracle or it's uh, SQL server or it's um, PostgreSQL and and so on so definitely a great uh, great tool to have in your arsenal to start with yeah that's correct mm. i was actually listening to a, a podcast on uh, the o'reilly podcast and this one was about oh are you you might be interested in this one it's called uh this episode was called teaching and implementing data science and ai in the enterprise and oh i haven't seen that yeah i'll, I'll send it to you it's, it's really cool uh All right. it's, um with i forgot the surname but it's a, with a gentleman called jerry and uh he is a kind of like an AI slash data science consultant in one of these big uh, companies. And what I really liked about this podcast is for the probably for the first time I heard somebody aptly describe what a data scientist is. Like I, I totally agree and, and I say this myself that a data scientist is not just somebody who um, is able to run a machine learning algorithm or is able to uh, build a model. Uh, is a data scientist is much more than that. It's also a person who can explain the insights, who can use things like SQL and visualization tools and so on. But in this podcast, what I really liked was that they said, uh, or this gentleman, Jerry, he said that a data scientist is a person who can do research. And this is, this is in, in line with what you're saying, that a data scientist is actually a scientist. And being able to put together that experiment to understand, yes. okay, so what what are the... Um, constraints of the problem what what are the circumstances okay now now we've been giving these inputs or this thing to explore investigate how are we going to construct this experiment mm -hmm. whether you're actually going to go and collect data or you're going to use data that's already collected in order to derive those insights so i'm really glad you pointed that out because that's that's the whole data science mindset it's not just about like running an algorithm and being able to code it's about being in that mindset of researching whether something is um, statistically significant or if something has an effect or if something doesn't have an effect. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love what you just said. And if I can add more to that, I would love to. Yeah, sure, of course. So again, yeah, back to uh, your statement on like the data science and what you say, like something about algorithms. Can you repeat that? 
so the uh, data scientist is not just a person who can uh, put an algorithm together or build a model or crunch yeah, numbers. Exactly. So I would like to add on to that. I would say, so for anybody in the field of data science, if you're your main goal, your main mission as a data scientist is to be a problem solver. That's the end goal. And it doesn't matter how you solve that problem, as long as you're using the tools and data and to get something done, you're doing your job. And whether that's data visualization, data modeling, data analyzing, data storytelling, reporting, anything you're doing with data, that's some aspect of data science. Mm -hmm. So. I would just say data science is a field where you're just constantly solving business problems using data. Yeah, totally, totally agree with you on that one. Data scientist is a problem solver because what's the point of doing data science if your insights are not going to solve any problems or add any value or nobody's going to use them to to make any decisions, right? Like it's it's just a hobby. It's just, you know, you're, yeah. you're, you're just, you know, putting numbers together at the end of the day. Exactly. And then I would also like to tell this to the audience. If you're very new to the field, I know a lot of these um, free courses, these free online tutorials, they're giving you all these tools. But what I want you to do instead is to open up your mind and always think about how you can apply this to some sort of business problem. Because no matter how much data you have, that's only going to explain the what. Um, no matter how much tools and technology you're using, that's only going to explain the how, like how to solve it. You're going to have to like go beyond that and focus on the why, which all goes back to the problem you're trying to solve. Gotcha. I actually see on LinkedIn, one of your top interests is Simon Sinek, and that really ties in with his what, how, yes, and why. Yes, exactly. That's a great book. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I haven't read the book. I, I've seen the TED talk that he's done. That I really oh, enjoyed yeah. that. Love him. He's Start, very smart. Yeah. For our listeners, it's called Start with the Why by Simon Sinek. It's really cool. Um, okay. Well, on that note, I think we've gone through the whole journey of getting a job in data science, starting from zero, where uh, with zero followers, with zero experience, somewhere where you were a year ago and moving all the way to uh, 45,000 followers. Now, now I realize, you know what, our, uh, Paolo, our event manager, he actually told me when, when you talk to Randy, you'll see that he's like, um, um, one of our success stories, but on steroids. <laughs> wow. Wow. Was that Paolo? <laughs> yeah. Paolo. Yeah. Oh, uh, tell him Paolo said, thank you so much. I really appreciate <laughs> For it. For sure. And, and speaking of Paolo, uh, I have an exciting announcement to make for our listeners. So just before this podcast, I had a chat with Randy and Randy uh, agreed to come as a speaker to Data Science Go 2018. Randy, I'm so excited about this. This is going to be epic. Thank you so much for agreeing. No, thank that. you. When I heard that, that invite, I got really excited. I've been a fan of your first Super Data Science Go last year, but I unfortunately couldn't attend. So I have to return that thank you to you and your team. So thank you so much. And for the audience out there, I think it's going to be a great event. Um, I really recommend you to check it out, Super Data Science Go. And if you do get a chance to see us, please come over and give, give us your hello. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's definitely going to be epic and uh, looking forward to catching up with, with you, Randy, in person, right? Like for, and, uh, of course, everybody who's going to be attending. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's going to be uh, coming up 
sometime soon. Tell us a bit more about, in general, your speaking um, events. Because like you, you mentioned you were speaking an event just recently. And this is going from a year or just over a year ago when you weren't uh, comfortable speaking. Remember, like you said you went to this meetup and you weren't comfortable yeah. meeting, meeting with people. And now you're traveling around, speaking at events. You seem totally comfortable with people loving what you're sharing. How do you make that transition from being from from being somebody who's uh, not comfortable doing that to you know, thriving on speaking at events and presenting to others about yeah. data science? Yeah, I'm still I'm still questioning myself on that. <laughs> but um, to keep it short, it's with any skill. So talking in general is a skill, mm-hmm. and with all skills, it requires practice. So that's there's no shortcut it's just a a lot of practice and as you keep on practicing you're going to build the confidence and you're going to see what works and what doesn't and for me i still get the jitterbugs in the beginning i get a little nervous but not to the extreme point as when i first started so my recommendation is um try to talk on the phone or to yourself or do a recording see how you talk see what needs to be worked on Get constant feedback from your friends, your family members, because that allows you to tailor your your speak and allows you to be more confident and speak in a way where you're not too nervous. And which is just goes all back to the practice. So um, it takes a lot of practice and a lot of confidence and a lot of smiling. <laughs> so that's my three takeaways on that. Yeah, gotcha. And uh, what would you say is the reason why? Why? Like, let's go back to the why. You know, not, yeah. why would somebody get into speaking? What's uh, what's the benefit for a data scientist to actually not just attend an event or a meetup, but actually present at one? Yeah, that's great. So. The why is the most important thing you can ask yourself. Why am I doing this? Why am I giving this talk? Why is this so important? Why do people need to know about this? Um, it's the why sets you up. It sets up your whole presentation. And in life, you're going to have to deal with people no matter where you're going. And whenever you're dealing with people, you're going to have to talk. So by practicing storytelling, by practicing public speaking, this is one of the most valuable assets that you can have in your entire life. I, I know Warren Buffett, he was an introvert as well, and I watched a video of him. He said if he had one skill that, that helped him out throughout his whole life, his whole career, it was public speaking. And the book that he recommended was How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And that talks about how you as a person should learn how to talk and communicate with people because that's how human nature is. We're a, we're a commutative or we're a people that, that talks for a living. And to transfer our knowledge, our information to another person, that's all through talking. And especially with data science, when you're working with all these algorithms, you're working with all this data, all of these complex terminologies, you're going to have to dumb it down to the, your boss or your employee so they can have a good understanding. Because in the end, if you're giving a talk and you're not tailoring it to your audience and they don't know what you're saying, it's not, it's, it's, it's pointless. It's like you're giving a talk to a dog. They don't understand. So that's the whole point And that's the power of learning how to public speak. 
Love it. And you know how interesting it is when all the dots connect or you have these uh, things that line up in life? Because literally today in the car, we're talking with Paolo, the event manager for Data Science Go, about uh, books that we're reading. And he's reading exactly that book, How to Win Friends really? and Influence People. Yeah. like. Oh, I, wow. Yeah. I love Paolo already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so, so funny. And now you mentioned on the podcast, I'm like, wow, you know, it's rare that two different people on the same day mention you the same book. The same, oh, it was today. Yeah. Today. Like literally oh, like two wow, hours ago. Okay. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's 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 a good book. It's a it's a great book actually. Um, to if for listeners out there, if you haven't read it yet, I think I recommended it once before on the podcast. It uh, helps you understand your priorities mm-hmm. from the other person's perspective and how yes. you know you can add value to that person as a as a as a main thing rather than just me 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 all the time. And yep. people will will be much more open to you in that way. Yeah, I agree. That's one of my favorite books. So I, I highly recommend it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. So um, we're um, more. We're over halfway through the podcast. How about we do some quick rapid fire questions about your experience in data science? You ready for this? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So question number one: What tools do you use on a daily basis as a data okay? Scientist? I use I use Excel, Python, and MySQL. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, why? Why MySQL? Why not uh, other types of SQL? Uh, for some reason, our company we're using MySQL at the moment, mm-hmm. and also for our um, our boot camp at USC, we're teaching that as well. Mm-hmm. So it's just a, a compound of just MySQL at the moment, just for some reason. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, what techniques do you use most commonly? Techniques. Okay. Um, define techniques. Is it like like algorithms, methods? Um... Oh, got it. Um, my favorite one is random forest and logistic regression. So mm-hmm. one project I did that was pretty fun. I used logistic regression to predict employee turnover. Mm-hmm. So that was a data set on Kaggle. Loved it. And I would say for the people out there, stick with the simple algorithms and work your way up because those are the foundations. Don't, you don't need to learn deep learning real quick because of the hype. Learn linear logistic regression and move your way up. Mm-hmm. Makes mm-hmm. sense. Totally. Um, what's the biggest challenge you've ever had as a data scientist? My biggest challenge is, okay, talking to your clients, talking to the stakeholders, talking to your boss, making sure the problem that you're trying to solve is actually the problem you're trying to solve. Mm-hmm. And this is back to, again, communicating because um, as a data scientist, the worst thing you can do is work on a problem that you're trying to solve, but you're solving the wrong problem. <laughs> <laughs> and to fix this, is you have to over-communicate. There's, um, you got to constantly communicate, make sure you understand from heads down what you're trying to solve and what that person wants so you can actually solve it in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I, I agree with that. And I, I probably will add to that that a lot, for a long time, I always considered that data science process has four steps, data preparation, data analysis, visualization, and presentation. But then about, I don't know, maybe over a year ago, probably two years ago, I, uh, once I was refining that for myself, I realized that a crucial initial step is uh, definition of the project scope and the problem. Yeah. Because if, as you say, if if you 
uh, screw that part up, you might spend the rest of the project solving the wrong problem. <laughs> yes, yes. I've seen some people do it or I heard stories about it. So yeah. it's just a time waster and just don't do it. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, uh, what's, uh, what is a recent win that you can share with us that you've had in your role, something that you're proud of? Okay, so what I'm really proud of is my LinkedIn connections. So shout out to everybody who's been following me and um, because you, all my audience has made who I am. It made me realize the power of networking, the power of um, providing value. And I get a lot of good, positive messages that makes my day. And I wake up every morning feeling very appreciative. So shout out to everybody. That's that's what I'm really proud of, having my connections. Woohoo! I, I, I can actually feel like 45,000 people <laughs> screaming right now. Randy, yay. Um, awesome, awesome. That's, that's really cool. And I think um, I was just uh, kind of... In a book, I think I was reading about the power of gratitude. Like I've read about it a couple of times now, but it keeps yeah. coming up that it's important to be grateful, and uh, it, because it helps you see what else you can do in life. It's see, see the good side of life, see uh, you know the glass half full rather than half empty. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. totally appreciate that. Um, what, what about you? Like when you say you when you wake up makes you feel appreciate appreciative. Is there anything like? Um, is there anything you do every morning when you when you wake up? Like any kind of morning routine that you have, apart from like feeling grateful oh, for all the things that yeah. you have? Yeah. Well, no. Okay, my morning routine is very boring. Um, I'm more of a, a night guy. Mm -hmm. So I know a lot of people. They wake up early in the morning and they work out. They be very productive. I totally agree on that. But for me, it's just my schedule of my jobs. I just wake up at six a.m. I make two cups of coffee. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a coffee addict. And then I drive to work and I work till maybe 9 p.m. at night and another hour drive back home. And I use that time to do a lot of workouts. And I also plan my schedule for the next day. Because whenever I wake up, I don't want to waste that mental energy thinking to myself, what am I doing today? I always pre pre plan that the, the day prior. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, that makes sense. But like, how how do you find time to work on articles and give value back if you're like working from six a.m. to nine p.m.? That's something with the, I guess, the obsession or the habit. So again, back to what I do on LinkedIn, I write a lot of articles, I write a lot of posts, and I write a lot of motivational quotes. And again, this is back to building habits. And this is why I recommend to everybody listening. Initially, you are what you do. And 40% of your life, you're in zombie mode, a.k.a. you're in habit mode. Whether you wake up brushing your teeth, whether you wake up to go to your day-to-day -day job, eating at a certain time, this is all based off of your normal clock, your habit. And, and if you can build a habit of positive habits of doing something that's very productive and that can build you on that can build your career I would highly emphasize you to work on that and my habit is writing posts reading creative articles reading early in the morning getting inspiration and that allows me to be very productive throughout the day and just gives me more insights on like keeps me updated with the news stuff like that 
Love it. Uh, a good book on that is The Power of Habit by uh, Charles Duhigg. Oh, yeah. I haven't read that. I, I started. I read like, uh, I don't know, a fifth. And then I first, <laughs> speaking of habits, <laughs> I should get into the habit of finishing books. Yeah. That's <laughs> um, a good one. Yeah, yeah. But it is a great book. And uh, it talks about like when you don't have a habit and you force yourself to do something, it's like you need to use your willpower for it. Yes. But yep. you do it for a certain period of time, like 60 days or so. It becomes yeah. a habit and doesn't drain your willpower anymore. Exactly. Yes, mm. I totally agree on that. Mm. But that, that's a that's a really cool um, layout of your day. It seems like you're keeping yourself very busy. Any time? Do you have even time for like um, hobbies and sports and I don't know, like uh, going out with friends? Yeah, yeah. That's normally for the weekends okay. and also too. I don't work every Monday through Friday. I do have Wednesday off a little bit. It's very flexible. So normally on my Wednesdays and Saturday, Sunday, that's normally for family or friends or any um, like spontaneous activities that comes in my way. Funny, like cause I can totally relate to that. When I was in high school, I made sure I would have Wednesday off. And uh, when, when I was at my recent job uh, or my latest job in uh, Superation Fund, at some point I also like negotiated to have Wednesdays off just to, you know, for family or for my other projects yeah, and so on. Yeah. Wednesday seems like a good day. <laughs> it's in the middle of the week, yeah. which I like. Yeah, totally agree. Okay, uh, back to our questions. What's, uh, what is your one most favorite thing about being a data scientist? Okay, so this is what I said earlier. My number one favorite thing is the people. Uh, um, I'm a guy and I just realized that I get a lot of my energy talking to people. And... As a data scientist, you're there to solve problems. You're there to talk to people. And one aspect of that is communicating, meeting people, building relationships, all this good stuff. And that's something that I really like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's, uh, that's an unusual answer. I don't usually get that on the show. Uh-huh. Mostly it's like uh, people talk about how they like solving the problem or they create applying creativity, which are all there. I think they're all fair answers, but this is a great one that uh, you like if you see data science from that perspective, not just that you're sitting uh, in your office or at home by yourself and you know, like you're you just you against the problem. If you see it as a communal thing, as a yeah, uh, what, what can I learn from these people today? What can I share with those people tomorrow? Uh, it becomes a much uh, it becomes a very different type of playing field. Much, mm-hmm. I, would, I would say, much more exciting because when you do have those down times or when you have those uh, periods when you're faced with challenges that are too difficult for you to solve right at that moment in time, you have other things to do. You have people to chat with, knowledge to share, and things to learn. Yeah, definitely. And also, too, um, again, back to your work, it's never going to be about you, it's always about what you're doing for the community or your job or the people around you. And that's what makes this field so rewarding and exciting. You're solving problems to help other people. And that's what I like. Yeah. Okay. And uh, my, and my most favorite uh, rapid fire question that I love hearing answers to where, from, from what you learned, from what you've seen in the field of data science and what you're seeing uh, happening now, where do you think this field of data science is going and where should our listeners look to in order to prepare for the future that's coming ahead? Okay. I 
I know for a fact that it's booming. And if you're into this field, you're in the right path. It's not going to go anywhere. Because if you think of it, I know you already read all the buzzwords, but everything you're doing right now, you're getting monitored by companies and they're getting data from you. So like through this talk right now, some data is being gathered from myself. If you're using Netflix, you're getting, I mean, the Netflix is getting data from, from there. Google, people are getting data from Google. Um, next thing you know, we're going to have IoT, Internet of Things. Your refrigerator is going to get data about yourself, vice versa, cars. Everything is going to be digitalized. Everything is going to be virtualized. And whenever, it's, whenever something's virtualized or digitalized, that means more data. And in that sense, more data means um, more problems to be solved. And more problems mean more opportunities. So I think it's a great field to be in. And if you're really interested, start learning it. Gotcha. Fantastic. Thanks. Thanks a lot for sharing. Uh, couldn't agree more. Everybody should be jumping into data science. And as uh, Mark Cuban said, yeah, the quote uh, that you shared, you have three <laughs> years. Yeah. <laughs> three years before uh, you will become a dinosaur. Um, well, Randy, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, before we finish off, uh, share with us, please, where's the best place or places for our listeners to get in touch with you, contact you, or follow you in your career? Got it. Um, the most obvious and the most the best one I can say is LinkedIn. So just type in Randy Lau. Um, it should be an Asian guy, I think, in the, the first one. But Randy Lau on LinkedIn. And also, if you can visit my website called cloudml.co. Cloud as in C-L-A-O-U-D dot co. That website is where I host all of my free resources that I've learned throughout the year. And I constantly update it with our webinars, um, new resources that I provide and some uh, articles. So you can use that. I get a lot of good feedback from that and a lot of people have learned from that site. Yeah, gotcha. And you actually, uh, before the podcast, you mentioned that you run webinars. Tell us a bit more about that before we finish up. Oh yeah. So for the company that I work for, it's a nonprofit called Ideas. We do um, bi-monthly webinars. So twice a week, it will be me as a host and another data scientist, and we just talk about anything data-related. So I've talked to a lot of the LinkedIn influencers before, and they've all been invited to our talk. So if you're familiar with like Fabio Vasquez, Eric Weber, Sarah Nuravi, Nick Ryan, Kate, um, and some various others, we use that time to call out to the data community for one hour of your day on a Saturday. You'll spend some time learning data science. That's the main goal. And that's what we do twice a month. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Uh, fantastic. Definitely recommend for, for everybody to check that out. Okay. Um, so we've got uh, the LinkedIn where people can follow you, your website. Um, and one final question before I let you go today. What is a book that you can recommend to our listeners to help them enhance their careers? Yeah, I just said that a while ago. It's the book called How to Win Friends and Influence People. By Dale Carnegie. This book is the book about life. And this book actually helped me in my career, in my personal life as well, because it provides so much information on about how you see yourself in, as an individual. But not only that, it 
gives you the sense of perspective that life is not just about you, it's about the people around you. And knowing how they think, how they react, how to cope with different situations allows you to better prepare yourself and handle these situations. So I love that book, especially if you're introverted, this opens your eyes. And this book actually broadened my mind into being more open with the public. So highly, highly recommended. Wonderful. Well, thank you again, Randy, for coming on the show. I loved our chat today and I can't wait to meet you in person in October at Data Science Go. Definitely. Thank you, Kirill. And thank you so much for inviting me. Really appreciate it. So there you have it. That was our data science mentor, Randy Lau, making data go viral as his LinkedIn shows. And of course, so many interesting and valuable points shared today. How, you, how Randy went from zero to 45,000 followers in a year is just crazy. And if you look at his LinkedIn profile now, it's even higher than that. It's gone over 50,000 just recently. So he's continuing on his journey. Uh, of course, I loved a lot of the things that Randy shared. My personal favorite was the quote that he uh, shared, was, which was the value of teaching when one teaches to learn. I personally go by that philosophy as well, uh, that when I teach something about data science, when I share my knowledge, I reinforce it for myself. I relearn it. I learn it better. And this is something that I can definitely recommend to everybody listening. If you want to become even better at data science and grasp certain topics to an even deeper level, then I highly recommend teaching people. And one good, great way of doing that is by sharing your knowledge through uh, LinkedIn, for example, or other social media, through Twitter, through videos, through blog posts, through podcasts, and so on. And that way, you will reinforce your own knowledge but not just that you'll actually help other people get into the space of data science and see what experience you're going through so on that note highly recommend checking out randy's uh, blog posts great examples of how even simple concepts and simple challenges can be turned into amazing elaborate blog posts which can help people walk them through this process of learning data science um, also, make sure to connect with Randy on LinkedIn. You can find his uh, LinkedIn URL at the show notes, which are on www.superdatascience.com slash 189, or you can just search LinkedIn for Randy Lau um, and make sure to connect with Randy and follow his updates and blog posts and, and other things that he'll be sharing. And of course, of course, as we mentioned during the podcast, Randy will be joining us as one of our speakers for Data Science Go 2018, which is happening this October in uh, San Diego. And we can't wait to see you there. The tickets are on sale now. This is the last week where you can get them at the special price. So make sure to secure your seat today and come to Data Science Go in a, in a month from now and meet Randy and lots of other data science influencers and mentors in person. The website to do this at is www.datasciencego.com. That's datasciencego.com. And I can't wait to see you there personally. And until next time, happy analyzing.